Good evening. Hope everyone is doing well. 840. Actually, we're a minute late. I think this is the latest we've ever started share. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let's get started. We're learning Maseches Psachim Daf Ayin Gimel, and as well Daf Ayin Dalid Amud Aleph, most of the page. Um, I'll just say a reminder, beginning and end, that there is no Daf tomorrow. I'll post it in the WhatsApp group. There's no Daf uh, being posted. Uh, it's all we, it all will be learned, but we're just skipping tomorrow night due to my work schedule. So um, let us continue. We're on the top of Ayin Gimel Amud Aleph. And here we're starting with a quote from the Mishnah that we recently learned. And it says three lines down, that if, if the Kohen or the person doing the Shechita does so, he brings the Korban Pesach, but it's so then, of course, you, you violated Shabbos. Remember, the, the setting in which we're functioning here is Yudal Chachalios B'Shabbos. So in, in, when it's a case of Yudal Chachalios B'Shabbos, and a person does a Korban Pesach on that Shabbos in the afternoon, all at the right time, but they did it, Shalola Ochlav, they did it stam, just for kicks. So the halacha is that they're going to be chayv. Says the Gemara, well, pshita, that's, that's no different than doing anything else that's asar on Shabbos that you have no purpose doing. It says that's absolutely a problem. Cave under Hassan Pasal, of course, had that korban been brought as it relates to korban Pesach, we would have said that the korban is Pasal, then hacha, when we intersect with Hilchos Shabbos, then of course you're going to be chayv. So says the Gemara, well, don't worry. No, it was only to keep the Mishnah poetic because in the in the uh, in the Seifa it says Pater. So then in the Resha, it's going to say Chayv. What was the Seifa? The Seifa was the case where it says La and Shalola where the where the Shochet has in mind two groups of people, some who are eligible to eat and some who are not eligible to eat. So under those circumstances, we said putter. And because the ratio said putter, the safest said chayv. Again, the poetry, making sure that the Mishnah is easy to read. Says the Gemara, fifth line, even that case was obvious. You're telling me the word chayv was there because the case of putter was there in the safe. But the case of putter was so obvious. If you, this We've already learned this many times. Says the Gemara, it's obvious that in the case of the safe where you have la'ochla ben in every case where there's a mix of people, some of whom are eligible to eat and some of whom are not, of course that's going to be the case. Because by a regular Korban Pesach during the weekday, we would have said that that was kosher. That over here would be Pater. So why are either of those cases in the Mishnah? You want to tell me that Chayev is there because I needed Pater? No, we didn't need Pater either. Both of those cases are, are extraneous. Says the Gemara, since we wanted to teach the case of Shachto Shalolishmo, that was the opening of our Mishnah. A person does a Korban Pesach and they do it on Shabbos and it's Shalolishma. Tananami Shalolishmo. We also taught the case, again, for poetic purposes, for Mishnahic purposes, to ensure that we would know. Uh, what the halacha would be in regards to shalola ochla for people who are not even eligible to eat. Why did I need this case to start with? Says the Gemara, why did I need the case of the Korban Pesach intersecting with Shabbos? Because we wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to learn the machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, who have a machlokas in what we refer to as Ta'abidvar Mitzvah. Just to review this one brief idea, and then we'll continue in the Gemara. Ta'abidvar Mitzvah means that I'm making a mistake. I'm doing a shechita on an animal that I should not be shechting. My intentions are excellent. They're for the sake of a mitzvah, but I happen to have made an error in some part of what I'm doing. Do we say that the fact that what you're doing is associated, at least in principle, with a mitzvah, therefore it reduces your consequence and you're no longer chayv v'chiyuv chatas? That is the shita Rabbi Yoshua. Or do we hold like Rabbi Eliezer, the tov mitzvah is still going to be chayv. That's their machlokas. Good. 
Says the Gemara 10 lines down or so. Ravhuna Barchinana said to his son, his son was going off to Yeshiva. When you get in front of your Rebbe Ribzrika, I'd like you to please ask him the following question. This is an idea from Hilchos Shabbos. This is a great question, uh, an easy Gemara. It's really quite, quite fascinating, actually. We are familiar with an idea of Mekalkil Bechabura Pater, that if you just Pasha destroy something all out, even though the activities in it would otherwise, in theory, be malacha. But because what you did had no toelas at all, that's called mikalkil. And if you hold mikalkil bechaburah's pater, so then that leads to a slew of questions. So this is what I want, says the father to the son. I want you to ask Rav Zerika. According to the one who holds ladivre omer mikalkil bechaburah pater, so then I don't understand. Shachto why would we say that if you shecht an animal when there's no eligible people to eat the animal, why should you be chayev? Mati came. What good have you done? In other words, if you shecht an animal with no one to eat it, that should be mekalka bechabura because you've done nothing. There's zero benefit to what you did. You helped no one. You killed an animal. The animals it can't, can't be eaten. It's puzzle. The eaters can't eat it because there were no eaters. So then why isn't this just mekalkil bechabura? So again, if you hold the mekalkil bechabura as pater, so then I don't understand. If there was no one who could have eaten the korban to start with and you shechted it, why should you be chayim? Mekalkil bechabura is pater. So we're intersecting the laws of Shabbos and trying to apply them over here. Mekalkil bechabura, I've just been destructive. Here too, when there's no one to eat, you said you're chayim. Why are you chayim? Answers the Gemara. Says the Gemara, really, tikain, how did you fix it? Im alulo yerdu that if in fact you erroneously brought this korban up to the Mizbeach, the halacha is that you don't have to take it down. So you've been able to elevate this, this animal with a little bit of Kedusha by incorrectly by incorrectly shechting the animal. So that's considered a tikkun, and therefore you can't apply mekalkel b'chabura pater. That's why you're chayiv. You're chayiv because you, you elevated that animal with your shechita. I'm mekalkel b'chabura. It's not mekalkel b'chabura when there's any to'elas in what you did. What was your to'elas? The animal gets to stay up on the korban. So it's small. It's a tiny little change, but that's why we don't apply mekalkel b'chabur here. And the Gemara pushes further, third of the way down, I'm Gimel Amaralev. Shechtov and balmum chayiv. We said that if you shecht an animal and you find that it's a balmum, you should be chayiv. But why? The animal's useless. Again, why don't we apply the principle of mekalkel b'chabura pater to an animal that's a balmum? He's, the animal wasn't eligible before the shechita. So now you shechted it and we're saying you're chayiv. Why are you chayiv? It's mekalkel b'chabura. You haven't done anything to that. It, you, you, you've changed nothing. You've changed nothing. It wasn't eligible before. It's not eligible now. And you just killed it in the process. So says the Gemara, Matike. Why is it that we don't apply Mekalka Bechabur? What change did you make? Answers the Gemara, Tikein Bidukin Shebe'ayin. That if there is something in its eye, some translate this as like a cataract or something that is a blemish in the eye that's visible. According to Rabbi Akiva, if the mum that an animal has is that it has cataracts, so then, yes, you're not supposed to do the korban. But if you do it, if you bring it up to the Mizbeach, then you don't have to bring it down. And that's considered a tikkun. You've elevated that animal just a little bit. And therefore, even though you're right, you can't eat it, but we don't define mekalkel b'chabura pater based on achila. Any benefit, then you can, no, if there's any benefit, you can no longer apply mekalkel b'chabura. Next. Mekalkel b'chabura. I mean, you make it, you do, the, you do the korban and the chabura changed. 
Mikalka Bechabur is a principle in Hilcho Shabbos. If I, uh, if I do something that is purely out of destructive purposes, there's no benefit at all. Zero. So the Allah is your Nachayv for that, your, your Pater. And we're trying to take that principle and we're trying to apply it here and saying, if you do a Shechita of an animal with Mikalkel Bechabura, Mikalkel is you're doing, you're making a Chabura as a wound. You're being destructive by making a wound, by cutting, let's say, with a knife, by Shechita knife. So then the halacha is that you have no, you're, it's not mutter, it's an isr de rabbanan, but there's no biblical consequence. There's no korban chatas for example. Any halacha has to have constructive Any positive plus, correct. So in all of the cases that we've discussed so far, in all of the shechitas, they weren't edible, the animal had a moon, whatever the case was, but in every case they had a little benefit. And because they had a little benefit, we couldn't apply the principle of mikalkel b'chabura. We couldn't apply the principle of this is simply destructive. Mikalkel b'chabura is always putter. But what we're saying is that we can't apply mikalkel b'chabura here because it wasn't, it wasn't pure destruction because you elevated the animal to be eligible for the mizbeach in each of these two cases. Good. Next case. What about the case of shechtu v'nimsa treifu v'seser putter? That we know that we said that when the animal is shechted and after the fact, you find that an animal is a treifu. Let's say there's a hole in one of the lungs. There's a, lungs, there's a sircha in the lungs. When I was in, um, in Smicha, they took us to a slaughterhouse. They took the lungs out after shechita. They put it on an air pump and they turned on the air. You'd see the lungs billow out very large. We didn't see any sirchas, but had there been, you would have heard like a little... Like yeah, a little, well, yeah, it would have, I mean, and they would put water over it, the same thing they do on a tire to see if there's any bubbling. So it was fascinating. So anyways, let's say that you did that and you find that the animal has a sircha and that's taka trefa. Fine, so that we know is pater because it's beseser. What's the diuk? But if it had a trefa mark on the outside and you missed it, you should be chayiv in that case. That's the inference. Says the Gemara, why are you chayiv? We should say, the animal's a trefa. So we, you just destroyed an animal. Same question that we've asked now for the third time. Says the Gemara, Matikin, what benefit have you given? Answers the Gemara, you actually did something very big here. This is probably the biggest difference yet. The animal's not a nevela, and nevelas have tuma. That's a huge nafkamina. Because if a nevela, if a nevela is not a nevela, because it's a trefa, if it's a trefa, there's no tuma. If it's a nevela, there's tuma. But my nafkamina, a billion nafkaminas, touching it, eating it by accident, you're a kohen, all the other implications. If it's a sheret, there's, well, we don't shech shratim, but any animal that it would be that has tuma status, it's only if it's an avela. But here, the psul is that it's a trefa, not an avela. So that's a very, very big difference. Maskif la Ravina, Ravina asks a question on all of this. Hold on one second. Hodatanya, we have a brysa. And the brysa writes in the following case where someone is definitely not on their game. Ashochet chatas vishabes. A person does a korban chatas on Shabbos, which we don't do because it needs to be brought during a weekday. It's not a chiyuv of that day. So you bring a chatas on Shabbos. That's Isra the Raisa number one. Bachutz. Uh, you do it outside the Azara. That's violation number. The shchute chutz, as we call it in the learning world. And then you did it la avod Azara. You're really having a bad day. You brought a korban chatas for the sake of avod Azara on Shabbos. So you've done a lot of bad things right now. What's the halacha? The Brisa writes, chayv aleha gimel chatos. So then asks the Gemara, same question we've asked before. How does this brysa not match Mikal Kel Ma In all of these cases, what are you going to do? You're going to put it on the Mizbeach? It's Shchut Echutz and it's a Lavo Once you said that Shchita is very good, But this isn't about Trefa. This animal wouldn't have been a Trefa. This animal is just going to be a Nevela. No, no, the opposite. 
Nope, not here. Here, oh, it's not a trefa no. question. This is the brisa. Hashochet chatas b'shabes. It's a chatas. It's a regular chatas. You did an avera sheyesh, whatever. You you did an avera. You ate trefa by accident. So you bring a korban, on, but but you're not so smart. You bring it on Shabbos. Right. You shecht it in the wrong place, and you do it for the sake of it for another deity. What? What you say? Right. So you're 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 holding in a different religion, <laughs> which would be the fourth crime. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So then says the Gemara, Matikain. What would be the what would be the upside? What did So Amar Ravavira, he says Shemotzia mide aver minachai. Fascinating. We know that there's nisar derais of aver minachai. Now we couldn't eat this animal no matter what, but there's enough kamina for a guy because the Gemara in Avodah and Davav indicates that how do we define Leif Meber Lositei Michshol? Two examples are given: Lahoshit Yain Lenazir and Lahoshit Eber Minachai Lenachri. So that's an example. That's an Afkamina. Can I sell this animal to a guy? That's a huge difference. Let's say it's a big cow. So then I want to make some money off the deal. Okay, I'm not a Talmud Chacham. I brought a Chachas on Shabbos, but it's not Aser Behana. And as long as there's no Isser of Eber Minachai, so that then if someone at that point, while the animal's still dying, would tear off a leg. A guy would be allowed to eat it. That would be enough. Possible. In any case, possible. Uh, in regards to the applicability of mekalkil bechabura pater, yes. To compare mekalkil bechabura to here, we've just seen how sensitive that din is. Mekalkil bechabura on Shabbos is very difficult. Some post game actually raised the question: If the mekalkil on Shabbos helps you with your kaas, you're such a bal kaas, you kill an animal you're on high. Shabbos. You're chayim. Some post can say well, that. Well, They're saying. It's 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 difficult. You are literally stabbing an animal for no reason, not because you're angry. Oh, not if you not if you don't shecht it. If you just kill it, that's not true. If you just stab an animal and don't shecht it properly, then it's still. Oh yeah, Avram is pottered is pottered by shechita. Meaning, if the animal's still alive. Pasha, if the animal's alive, if the animal's dead and someone rips off his leg, it means right. it's not even So the post can speak about if they if the animal is has a, like a leg removed, like during the dying process. So that's enough. So then it potters the Avraminachai. But if it's not shechted, then you have Avraminachai. But it's difficult. You're right. It's difficult to check the box here. It is. It doesn't apply here anyways because all of these cases are not applicable to to the to the comparison of Mikalka v'chavura pater. Okay, let's continue. Says the Gemara, we are two thirds of the way down. Ein Gimel Amun Aleph. Says the Gemara, Amar Huna, Amar Rav. This sheet of Rav is going to uh, carry the day for us. A lot, a lot to discuss about this. And he says as follows: Asham Shenitek Lereeha Veshachtostam. Says that it said, what's the case of Asham Shenitek Lereeha? You have an animal that's sent out to graze. Why would this animal be sent out to graze? Because one of two things: either the owner died. And the the base the, the base Hamikdash found out about it, and now the animal can't be used for the korban. It shouldn't be used, I should say. Someone inadvertently will in a moment. But at the moment, either that that person died, or that the owner got kapara from a different korban. And this this asham is now extra. Fine. So in that case, what happens if a shechto stam? You shouldn't have shechted it because the animal should be left to graze. But you shechted it. And what if you did it without kavana? So the halacha is that it's kosher leola. You have an asham, which is a different type of korban than an ola. So even without intent, if you shechted, it counts as an ola. So it says the Gemara, Alma, what do we see from this line of Rav? It seems to be that he holds kasavar lo bay akira. It seems to be that he holds that you do not need to expressly state a change in intent from, let's say, asham to ola, as we have in this case. Okay. Asks the Gemara, hold on. 
if it's true what you're saying, Rav, that we don't require you to expressly state your intention to change a focus of a korban from an ashram to an ola, then who cares about when it is? Even if the animal wasn't sent out to graze. Once you hold akira, then you should be able, that animal, no matter what, can just shift automatically whatever is preferred. So then to that says the Gemara, no, because we have an Isser de Rabbanon, kapara, atu lifne kapara. We're concerned about that because what we don't want to do is for someone to have a need to bring an Asham to get them kapara, but then they won't bring it because they also have another burden to bring an Ola. So they, they change gears without, uh, without, without having any Akira. So we're concerned about that. We're afraid that someone may inadvertently or maybe intentionally take their Asham and make it an Ola before the Asham is brought and they wouldn't have had Kapara and that's a problem. Umina Timra, from where do we learn to say such a thing? From where do we learn that there's a gzera of la'achar kapara atu lifne kapara? Says the Gemara, that is a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah that is found in Maseches Tmura, and here is how it reads. Asham, if you have a korban asham, shemeso ba'alav, its owners died, oshen is kapru ba'aleha, or if uh, they got kapara in another way. So the halacha is, uh, its owners got kapar. So let it graze until it gets uh, a moon. And then you should let it graze. And then once it gets a moon, you should sell it and take its money and put it into the Korban Nadava pile. That's one approach in the Tanaim. The next approach in the Tanaim is a little different. Five lines from the bottom. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Yamus. No, this animal needs to die. No grazing, nothing. Let the animal die. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, this is the line that's that's important for us because we're trying to find the Mishnah, a source to teach us about our Gzeira of La'achar Kapara um, in light of Lifnei Kapara. So it says the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Yimacher v'yavi bidamav ola. You can sell it, and what should you do with its finances, with the with the gains? What you should do is you should give it to an ola. So the Gemara makes a deal, three lines from the bottom. Bidamav in, when it comes to a korban ola, Yes, you can take the, the money from that asham and make it into an ola. Aval gufolo, but the animal itself cannot be made into an ola. We see from here, why not the body of the animal? Why can't you actually bring the animal? Because we're concerned that if we say that one is allowed to simply just have this automatic name change from asham to ola without being vayakira, without intentionally trying to change the status of the korban. So then you might do the same thing before you've achieved kapara. And then to shift from an asham to an ola means you won't get kapara, shmamina. That's the source for us. So then asks the Gemara the following question. We have the sheet of Rav. Rav seems to say, lo by akira. That's what it seems. Rav seems to say that we do not need to expressly state the desire to change a korban from asham to ola. So says the Gemara as follows. Eswe Rav Chizda le Rav Huna. Rav Chizda says to Rav Huna as follows. We said in our Mishnah that if an animal was shechted and then you learned that the uh, owners backed off and they said, I don't want any part of this korban, top of Ayin Gimel Amidbez, says the Gemara, we have a brysa about that Mishnah. Is that a Mishnah? We have a brysa connected to that brysa, which says, had this been during the week, what would we have done with that korban Pesach? Yisareif miyad. We would have burned that immediately. This line, Yisareif Miyad and the Brisa, we're going to have a hard time with because let's see how this doesn't fit with Rav. Rav said that it seems to be that we do not need Akira, that we do not need to expressly state 
this, the change of status of a korban from one to the next. That's what Rav says. But this Brisa says that, that in, in such a case, that Yisareif Miyad. Let's see how this plays out. Not like Rav. If you say that Akira, we do need you to say that there's a change in the animal status. So then, Hai Pesachu. This is a korban Pesach. The Chevan Labalim, because there's no owners anymore, because they backed out. That was the case. They, the, the owners backed away from the korban. Then the animal is inherently flawed. There's no one to change the status. If you say boy Akira, that you need to actually verbally say the Asham is now an Ola or whatever the transition process is, but that doesn't exist here because there are no Bailim. Therefore, now I understand why the Bryce says it needs to be burned immediately. That makes perfect sense. But if you hold like Rab, who says lo boy Akira, then why would it be Yisareif Miyad? It used to be a Shlamim, so Psula Mishumai. What was the actual Psul? Because if, if it's Lobay Akira, like Rav is saying, if it's Lobay Akira, well, then we can just change the status to another thing automatically, and then it won't be Puzzle anymore. Mishum Davarachir must be that it was Puzzle from another thing. We're six lines down, nine Gimel and base. What was wrong with the animal in this case? It was Shechted. Late, it was shechted after the time it shall be in Harabayim. And then in that case, Ibor Tsurabai, we let the animal, we learned about this principle before, Ibor Tsurabai means that um, the animal is, uh, is, is already shechted, um, but it was shechted at a bad time. So we lay it out on the side and wait till it starts to look like a dead animal. Right away, the animal doesn't look like it's dead. But uh, later, it, it does look like it's dead. And then we don't do the beer. It's not Yisarif Miyad. So this poses a very big difficulty for Rav. Let me just say out the question again. Rav says on the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amaralev, Rav says, he implies at least, that we do not need Akira. That when you're changing the status of a korban from Asham to Ola or from one status to another, you don't need to be expressed about that. You don't need to say clearly, um, that was not a sentence. You don't need to say expressly that, that's not a word either. You don't need to express clearly, whatever. Whatever. Is there a grammar teacher out there? <laughs> you don't need to say clearly that you're switching from an asham to uh, to an ola. That's what Rav says. But this brisa says he sarif miyad, but that only works if you don't agree with Rav. So Rav has a brisa that seems to go against him. And let's bring still more of a proof to Tanya. How do we know about ibor tsura about waiting for an animal to change its look? To Tanya, the brisa writes Zaklau, kol shepsula begufo yisareif miyad. When it comes to, to a psul beguf, yes, it needs to be burned right away. But bedam ubebailim, that's us. When it comes to blood or when it comes to uh, the owners backing away, so then we don't do yisareif miyad as tabor to rasa First we wait till it changes and then we burn it. So the brisa seems to imply that, we, that Rav's sheet is impossible. So what we're going to be doing over the course of this page is we're going to learn a number of answers to Rav's Shita. The first few are going to try to make Rav fit with the Bryce of Yisareh Miyad. And the last answer is going to totally shift away the answer of Ravashi, which is already in the widest lines of the page. Let's try answer number one. Says the Gemara, Ella, therefore, because this Brisa is present, we therefore need to have a better understanding of Rav. The Brisa implies that we, that boy Akira, that you do need to expressly state your change from Asham to Ole. And the Brisa seems to, the Brisa saying, uh, Rav says that you don't need to make that express comment. And here it seems to be that you do need that. So then answer number one is as follows. Change the language of Rav. Rav really agrees. 
Rav really agrees. But when the Brisa, when, when his comment on the previous page says that it was Stam, it wasn't Stam. Ella, what should it say? You changed your, uh, you literally changed your intent. Alma, therefore, what do we see? Boyakira. So now if we change Rav to say Boyakira, then he fits with the with the Brisa of Yisareth Miyad Kaftor Beferach. He fits perfectly. But Bar Gamda, this is the third time we've seen this Gemara. We're going to see it again at the bottom of the page. The Amar. He, there he was talking about a case where the Bailam became Tamei Meis as it relates to Yudal and Nisan. They couldn't bring the Korban then, so they were pushed off to Pesach Sheni. And there, and only there, Akira. Seemingly over there, says Rav Chiyabar Gamda, that's where we need Akira. And that implies that Habe'alma Loboy Akira Ma'ikel Ameymar. So it seems to be, it seems to be that uh, that Rav Chiyabar Gamda agrees with our version of Rav, so we're back to our question. Ella says the Gemara answer number two. Ella Amar Rav Huna, what does Rav Huna say? Rav Huna says as follows: Amar Rav Huna Breder Rav Yoshua, Hacha, what are we talking about? Hacha, where it says Yisareif Miyad B'mayaskinan, what are we talking about in the Brisa? Kigon Shehi Frishu Kodem Chatzos Umesu Bailem Achar Chatzos that the animal was set aside for the korban before chatzos hayom, and the owners died after chatzos, to have a lay of what's called nira v'nidche, that at some point the animal was ready to go, and now the animal is no longer ready to go. It wasn't even karev yet. And once an animal is ready to go, it's nira v'nidche, and then it was pushed off, that's what yisareif miyad means. But it's not even discussing Boyakira or not Boyakira. And therefore, Rav can maintain his shita that low Boyakira, that one is not required to, to, uh, to directly state the change from Asham to Ola. He can hold whatever he wants because this price is not talking about that. Says the Gemara, the only thing you've been trying to do is explain Rav Shita. That's what all of this Gemara has been so far. But that, but you can't say that because that you just tried to show Rav Hunabred Rav Yoshua that the Brisa of Yisareth Miyad fits with with Rav because uh, of the principle of Nira Venidche Shuvei Nechose Venira. But Rav doesn't agree with that. Rav disagrees with that principle. Ella, therefore, we come to answer three. Halfway down, Ein Gimel Amabes. Papa Hamani. Who is this Brisa talking about? It must be talking about Rabbi Eliezer. He, when does it say Yisareth Miyad, the Brisa at the top line? That's the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. To Amar V'chein HaShochet Acherim Neshem Pesach if someone takes an animal and they shechta the shem pesach pasol to have a begufo, so that's what he holds, and therefore it's yisareif miyad. So the case on the top where it says that uh, that it's yisareif miyad, that's talking about where um, where you take a random animal, you try to make it the shem pesach, it's pasol and it's a psul begufo, so it needs to be burned right away. So says the Gemara. That answer, let's see if it holds up. The Rabbi Eliezer, he that can't be because if that's Rabbi Eliezer, chatas nami mechayev the halesle the Rabbi Eliezer tovid var mitzvah pater. Remember the machlokas that we started with today, or the one that we referenced at the beginning of the day today, that Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua argue about tov mitzvah. That if a person is doing an action that's wrong, you take a korban. It's really not a korban pesach. You have intent to do a korban pesach, but you're wrong. So the halacha is that Rabbi Eliezer would say that in such a case you're going to be chayev. However, it, that would also be true by a chatas. That chatas nami mechayev. Why would he say that a chatas would also be in the case of a chatas that's brought on Shabbos? Because in the case of a chatas that's brought on Shabbos, the lesson that Rabbi Eliezer told the bedvar mitzvah pater, he would never hold that it's pater because he holds that it's chayev, and that's just not how we paskin. So that can't be either. Ella, answer number four.
So Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Salah Chasida, says in front of Rav Papa Halmani, who is the author of the Mishnah on the top line that says, Yisaref Miyad, that must be Yosef ben Chonoihi. We're going to conclude like this, Shita, even though we're going to entertain one more possibility. What does Yosef ben Chonoi say? Titznan. Last of the short lines, Ein Gimel Amid Beit. Ten lines from the bottom of the page, Titznan. This Mishnah is located in Maseches Zvachim, Titznan. Yosef ben Chonoi Omer, Hanishchaten l'shem Pesach, l'shem Chatas Psulim. He says that if somebody uh, takes a random korban and they make it l'shem Pesach or for a Chatas, they're Pesach. Alma, what do we see from here? Psulo begufohi, umishumachisa reit miyad. That's the case at the very top line, the b'risa that was difficult for Rav. That's how Yosef ben Chonoi works for Rav because he reinterprets that b'risa to say that it's speaking about a case where someone was nishchat l'shem Pesach and the halacha is alma psudu begufu mishum hachi yisarif miyad. That's why we get it, why it's being burnt. But when it comes to the world of the chatas, ubifture, when we're saying that one is potter if they do a chatas, which is a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah to bring a chatas. So then, savar lach Rabbi Yoshua, who holds to bidvar mitzvah, is going to be potter. So this is a, a, an acceptable answer so far. But the Gemara wants to try one more approach. And then we'll come back to Yosef, <coughs> Yosef ben Chonoi's answer on the last of the short lines. But before we, we get to that, let's learn one more thing. Ravashi Amar. Ravashi says, Rav de Amar Rabbi Shmuel ben of Yochanan ben Baruka. Really, there's a machlokest in the Tanaim. The Bryce at the top of the page is one shita that says Yisareif Miyad. But Rav, who says that lo bai akira, that you do not need to explicitly state your change in intent from Asham to Ola. So if that's true, he, then he just holds like Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, like Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher, Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. What does he say? Three lines into the wide lines, the Tanya, the Bright Sarai, Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher, Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, Omer. If, let's say, there was time during the day, you as the as the as the shochet, you didn't check. You should have checked if the bialim were still invested. You didn't check if they were alive. You didn't check if they were still interested. You still did the shechita. The halacha is that And what do we see there? Do you burn it right away? No. In contrast with that mishnah, Rab is going to hold like Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher of Yochanan So we should the So we should wait. The animal is dead already. We should wait till it starts to look like it's a dead animal, and then we Why my taima? And it's a perfect match for Rab. So now Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher of Yochanan matches perfectly with Rab. Nothing, no problem at all. Then Rav can hold of his shita of lo boyakira. Says the Gemara Mimai. That's not necessarily the case. Dilma, maybe the reason why that animal has to wait and not be burnt right away. Dilma mishum desavar la ketana debei Rabba baravua. Damar afilu pigol nami boy ibor tsura. There are other circumstances that generate uh, uh, needing to wait for the animal to look like it's dead before it's burnt. The yalif avon avon minosar. Uh, that we have a Gzeira Shava that teaches us that it's possible that, that that's the reason why we're waiting. Not because Rav holds a Lobay Akira, Lab Dafka, that this answers the problem at all. Tilote Mach, and we have to say this because if we didn't, the Nitwu Bailim, Maikola Meimar. It must therefore be that we do need Akira, because otherwise, if the Bailim became Tameh, how would this solve that problem? It doesn't, it doesn't solve any problems for, for Rab, so it has to be that this is the case. Therefore, it therefore seems that we do need to have explicit language to change from an Asham to an Ola, as we saw already today. 
We know that there is nafkaminas there, and that we should push it off. So says the Gemara, we have to reject Ravashi too. Rather, the correct answer is like the previous one that, that we learned of Yosef ben Chonoihi. So to review, we had the statement of Rav. Rav said, Lo boy akira. Rav says that when we change an Asham to an Ola, you do not need express language. Doesn't, you don't need it at all. Just You don't need to say anything. Explicit language. You don't need it at all. The Brisa on the top of Ayin Gimel Amad Bey says, yes, you do, because the only way to understand that Brisa is by saying that Bayakira. How do we answer the question? We answer the question with the fourth attempt that we had, which was Tir Gemara of Yosef, three lines uh, before the Gemara gets wide, where he said, based on a Mishnah, that we're talking about a person who had a regular animal that they were shechting for the sake of Pesach and a regular animal that they were shechting for achatas. And that's how we explained away our, um, our Mishnah, our Bryce on the top, which says, Yisareth Miyad. Hadran Allah Elu Dvarim Baruch Hashem, we finished another parak, Yeratzim, we should come back to this stuff in seven and a half years. Let's continue. Oh, I can say it once. I can say it more. I do. I don't even know why I say it three times. I don't know either. I, I assume it was like a chazak. I don't know. Hadron Allah Khilud Hadron Allah Khilud Dwarm. Do I say it three in a row? I interrupted. It's like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Let's just add Lahavdil to that and continue. <laughs> Says the Gemara, a new perek, Kate Sad Solon. How do we do the roasting? Anyone interested? Uh, please know that uh, Rev Yitz Brandis has access to a, a lamb. Uh, that we will put a spit on. We're going to discuss right now how to put that spit on and make it a, well, it doesn't apply nowadays unless the base of Mikdash comes by then, please God, it should. But this would be the din. So assuming the Yitz is going to get this uh, spit, here's how it's going to work. How do we roast the Korban Pesach? So the halacha is, you take a, um, a spit that is made out of the wood of pomegranate trees. You, um, you pierce it from, from within its mouth out the backside of the body. And according to the Tanakama, you leave the innards, uh, you leave the innards where they are. Rabbi Kiva argues with that. He says, no, if you leave the innards where they are, then that's Kimin Bishal. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Kimin Bishal Huzeh. That's absolutely not correct. Because then it's like they're cooking. It's as if the insides of the animal is inside a pot. That's not roasting. You got to take it out. So therefore, what we do is we hang it on the outside. Uh, also as well, you should not use a regular a regular skewer, which we assume here to be metal. Uh, metal, uh, metal has, the whole thing gets very, very hot. That's problematic. And the Gemara is going to discuss that uh, soon. Below al ha'askala, and not on a frame that's made out of metal, even if the wood is going to, yeah, it's got to be a whole wood const construct here. Uh, he says what? A grill. Oh, like a grill. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even read. I saw that Rashi, but I didn't read that. Vukulachat time, as we'll see in the Gemara. But yeah, I didn't read that word. Wonder if that's how it. What it actually means. Um, the Meforshim say it's a reshes. It's a netting. Some type of netting. A grill. A grate. Okay. Perfect. I guess it's all. It all comes back to French, anyways, because that's uh, definitely what he was talking about. Yet, it seems to be that maybe it's not such a problem 
because uh, Rav Tzadok um, told a story about Rabban Gamliel who told Tevi, one of the famous Avadim in Shas, go make a, make a Pesach for us, go roast it, al ha'askala, and do it on this, uh, on this metal structure. Okay, says the Gemara, Venesi shel mateches, why don't we use metal? We can bring it on metal. What's the problems? Answers the Gemara. I did the chamikzaso chamkula. The kamatve machmasashiput. If you use metal because some of it will get hot, then all of it will get hot, and therefore the kamatve it's going to start cooking machmasashiput. It's going to start cooking from the heat of the spit itself. But the Torah said you're not allowed to do that. Sli esh below sli machmas acher. It has to be that it's being heated and cooked only from the fire. Now, if you take a piece of wood, even if you heat one end of a piece of wood for an hour, as long as the fire doesn't move that far, the other end of the piece of wood is not going to be that uh, that hot. It's not going to get hot and it won't be that hot at all. So therefore, we should not use metal. The Nasi shell decal, why don't we use a palm tree? Says the Gemara, I did the Islay Shive, because it has Shive Rashi. Rashi says, Kanalir. Let's see what he trains there. That, that's charitim. Uh, There's uh, little grooves inside the wood. Shasui shuros shuros. The wood has a lot of grooves in it, and therefore mapik maya draws out the moisture from within the grooves of the wood. That is unbelievable. Do you know what a small amount of water we're talking about here? It's a violation of tzliesh. We have to make sure that the wood that we're using is very very dry. Venesi shel teena. We should use the. Uh, the te'ena from a fig tree, because that doesn't have a lot of grooves in the wood. It says the Gemara, because the middle of it is kind of like uh, very soft and has a lot of, I guess, a lot of moisture in it as well. So same concern. These types of trees, they're much, much harder trees. So it says the Gemara, because they have knots in the wood, they're very knotty wood. They have these like little bumps on them. That water will come out. So it says the Gemara, what are you talking about? All trees have some knots in, in the wood. What do you, so even the remote tree is going to have that. So it says the Gemara, you're talking right. But either she Kitre, shie means to smooth out. So maybe the knots were smoothed out or smoothed out. They were either naturally like that or you made them like that. Binavga barshata. It's a, a it's basically a sapling of the rimon tree. It's a young tree, the less be kitre that doesn't have these knots. Says the Gemara Ika Be Piske, Demapik with Bay Piske Levar. But what about the ends of the trees? There is Bay Piske, the place where you cut them. So the moisture can draw out of the sides of that. By the bark, I understand, but from where you cut, there's much more, mice, more moisture. Says the Gemara, the Mapik with Bay Piske Levar. You're right, but the ends of the woods are at the outside of the, of the spit. So you don't have to worry about that. That's not going to cook the animal. And then one more uh, mini sugya told the two dots, and then we'll stop. Masnis and Deluk Rabbi Huda. Our Mishnah does not align with the Tana of Rabbi Huda, the Tanya. Rabbi Huda Omer, Kishem Shashavut Shel Eitz, Eino Nisra, Kach Shafut Shel Mateches, Eino Martiach. Wow, this is kind of going against the rules of science. Uh, we know that metal can uh, transfer heat from one uh, end to the other very, very quickly. Absolutely, we're all very familiar with that, even without, even without the science behind it. So he argues and says that the metal is not problematic. Amrulo the Chachamim said back to him, Zecham so Cham Kulo. What are you talking about? If a little bit of metal gets hot, the whole thing gets hot. Zecham so Eino Cham Kulo. But with wood, so that, that's just not true. With wood, when one side gets hot, the other side doesn't get hot. So what the Gemara is basically, the Chachamim in this Mishnah are the Chachamim in our Mishnah. Everyone in our Mishnah, just Rabbi Huda seems to, seems to not agree. So we'll stop here at the two dots, two-thirds of the way down at Vudosin. And Yerush Hashem will pick up not tomorrow night, 
but we will pick up on Thursday night. Have a good couple of days. Have a beautiful night.